Eve, like so many in this room, believe that all of Scripture is divinely inspired by God. That there are no words in Scripture that are an accident. That things aren't put in there just because. That they're put in there with a purpose. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Like I said, I don't believe anything happens within Scripture by accident. So why a lion? When this letter was written, why pick a lion? Why not a rhino? Why not a hippopotamus? Why not something else? Why pick huh? a moose? Why not pick a moose? You could pick a baby moose. <clears throat> the image with this has a whole lot to do with why and how lions hunt. And the way that they behave in the wild. Lions hunt in low light or darkness. They do not like to hunt in broad daylight. That picture was in broad daylight. That video was in broad daylight. If you get on and you do any research on this, you'll find out that when they have to almost go on a game preserve to be able to capture pictures of lions hunting during the daytime. Lions don't hunt in the day. They hunt in the dark. They hide in the shadows. The adversary, your devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. The same way lions don't like the light of day, the devil doesn't like the light of day. When your secrets and your deep dark stuff comes out, the light of day changes all of that. The devil can't exist under the bright lights of truth and a lion can't hunt well in the daylight. Lions are not choosy. They don't care who they eat. They look for three things. They look for weakness. They look for the ignorance of youth, which we'll come back to. And they look for injury. When you are at your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for who to devour. You are no different than this. When you are at your weakest, when you've had something go wrong in your life, they have a softball game and I love them for the fact that they came for the time they could. So it says a lot about both of their characters that they did that. Thank you all. Yeah. When you are at your weakest, when you've had things go wrong in your life, when things aren't the way you want them to be, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for who to devour. He picks off the weak ones. Ignorance of youth. Ignorance and stupidity are not the same thing, and we confuse them all the time. All right? Ignorance means you simply don't know any better. That's what it means to be ignorant. When we say the ignorance of youth, I'm not insulting you. I'm saying you do things because you don't know any better. That's what ignorance means. In that world, it means 
the calf got on the edge of the herd and nobody went out and got him and the lion came and picked him off. In your all's world, that means when you all get out on the edge doing some things that adults in your life are not comfortable with and we come and pull you back in with the group, that is us helping to educate you and overcoming the ignorance of youth. Lions pick off the weak and the ignorant. The devil picks off the weak and the ignorant and the injured. After you have had somebody hurt you in your life, you are a prime target for a lion to come and eat you because you have lost faith in people, you have lost faith in God, you have lost faith in church, you have lost faith in your faith in Christ. When you are injured, you are an easy target, whether you are in the wild or whether you're here. Hang on. We got stuck. All right. <clears throat> Lions move in when the prey is distracted. If you all notice that video, the lions will slink in the grass, and when the wildebeest put their head down to eat, they'll make up big, big, big ground, and when the wildebeest looks up, they stop. And when the wildebeest puts their head down to eat, they make up big chunks of ground. Lions hunt and advance when their prey is distracted. When you lose your focus, when other things in your world become more important than your relationship with Christ, when other things in your world become more important than your faith, when other things in your world become more important than your relationship with your parents and your friends, you get distracted. And you are easier to pick off because you are distracted, because you're not paying attention. Tally and I talked about this one today. I didn't know this, and when she and I talked about it, she wasn't aware of it either. When you all watched the video, you saw one clip of it. Lions do not attack from the front, ever, ever. If you watched that video, when the wildebeest saw the lion and spun and faced it, the lion backed off because they will not attack from the front. They attack from the side or they attack from behind. The devil is the same way. The devil will not attack you from the front because if he attacks you from the front, you're going to go, hey, that's the devil. And you're not going to pay attention to him. He attacks you from the back and from the side, just like a lion. Lions hunt by deception. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking to devour you. I tried to find a video of this, and I found one, and it, the quality wasn't real good, so I didn't use it. A pride of lions, when the lions go out as a group, the females go out as a group to hunt. They hunt in a pack, in a lot of cases, called a pride. They will space out in a line, and the line, as they approach a prey, will turn into a big U-shape, and they will almost surround the prey. And the two lions on the end of the line will jump out and chase whatever it is that they're after. Well, they're almost behind it. So when they jump out to chase it, and the wildebeest goes, ah, lion, and turns and runs, they run right into the teeth of the rest of the pride of lions. They hunt by deception. They trick you into running from something and running into something worse. They prey on fear. They prey on things being scared. 
your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for somebody he can devour. The devil preys on fear and deception and tricks you into being scared of certain things and running into things that are more harmful. Be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I told you I don't think that um, anything in Scripture happens accidentally. And I think you can do a remarkable study on the use of words just in this passage. And the imagery that God laid on Peter and Peter put into words and the message that we carry centuries later still matter. And the choice of words matter. Be sober-minded. That means be clear-headed. That means pay attention. It means don't let anything cloud your judgment. Don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything divert your attention. Be watchful. Keep an eye out. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Pay attention to where you are. Are you with people you shouldn't be with? Are you doing things you shouldn't be involved in? I see some of you looking at each other whenever I ask if you are with people you shouldn't be with. (laughs) Pay attention to your surroundings. I've told you guys this before. If you hang out with a bunch of friends and they all smoke and you don't think you're going to smoke, you're an idiot because you're going to smoke. It's going to happen. If you're in high school and you're hanging around with a bunch of kids that are drinking and you're naive enough to think, I'm not going to drink, you're kidding yourself. You are going to drink. You become who you hang around with. Be watchful. Pay attention to what you're doing and your surroundings and who you are with and where you are. Choice of words. I love this one. Your adversary, the devil. It doesn't say an adversary, the devil. And it doesn't say her adversary, the devil. When Peter wrote this, he said, your adversary, the devil. It's personal. It's not some, I hope he doesn't go get me and he gets somebody else. He says, your adversary, the devil. Yes. What does that mean? Adversary, adversary enemy. Choices of words. Prowls like a lion. You guys saw the video. You've heard what we've talked about to this point. There could not have been... When you study their behaviors and watch some of the videos, you start to understand why that particular animal. Because that particular animal is the embodiment of what Satan tries to do in our lives and how Satan hunts us. Seeking someone to devour. Um, You can't sort of, kind of devour something. Okay? You don't... That doesn't mean I, like, ate a little bit of it. It doesn't mean I took a nibble of it. It doesn't mean I had part of it and I just left the rest for somebody else. Okay? You don't kind of devour something. You devour it. It means you eat all of it, and you eat it quickly, and you are out for its total and complete consumption and destruction. 
That choice of words was not accidental. When the devil comes after you, prowling like a lion, seeking to devour you, he doesn't just want to take a chunk out of you and turn you back out into the world. Those of you that have made a profession of faith and have come to know Christ as your Savior and have gotten baptized or have made a really hard decision on a direction that you want to take your life that you think is taking you a direction that God wants to know, you all know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. Because you will get attacked. You will. And the devil doesn't want to take a bite out of you and turn you loose into the world. He wants to devour you and destroy you. Another word for this is consume. He wants to consume you. In our culture, that means we can be consumed by things. I know we've talked about this repeatedly, and I'm carrying this thing around right now and running this slide off of it, and I fully admit, if you go anywhere with me very long, this thing can consume me. I use it as a tool in here, but it also can suck up all of my attention. So, one of my questions for you all is if the devil was going to devour you and he was going to consume you, what would he use to do it? What button would he push? What little, what little character flaw would he exploit? What little thing that you don't want anybody to know about would he go pick at to get a foothold in your life? So... We're going to go out and are we going to are we going to small group first for a little bit and then game is that the plan? Okay. We're going to go out and we're going to break out into small groups. When y'all break out into small groups, these are the questions I want y'all to talk about. I emailed the I didn't email these exact questions, but I emailed kind of the vein of these questions to your group leaders last night. Where are you distracted? What areas of your life have your attention and have your attention pulled away from God and pulled away from your savior? I cannot tell you, I know when they, got, when they left, uh, I seriously cannot tell you how much it means to see what I saw with those two girls tonight. That they came here for as long as they had, knowing they had a commitment that would take them out of here early, but they came anyway. And sports can consume and distract you. And it says a lot about their character that they came here for the time that they had and weren't distracted by the thing that lay ahead of them, which is the game. I'm, I'm helping coach football this year, okay? My football schedule and the boys' football schedule is nuts, and it's going to get worse. And this is going to be a challenge for me for when I am here with you all, I need to focus on this. And I cannot be consumed and distracted by the other things that are going on in my life. Where can the devil sneak up on you? Everybody, everybody has got a favorite pet little sin. You guys have heard my alligator analogy before that when you first get your new pet little sin, it looks like a little baby alligator and it is so cute and it is so cuddly and it is so neat and you rub it and you pet it and you squeeze it and you keep it warm and you name it George. And after a while, it grows up, and it's not a little bitty cute pet alligator anymore. It's a great big alligator, and it will eat you. Where's the devil going to sneak up on you? 
If you go to camp, or tonight, if you make a profession of faith tonight, we have a baptism ceremony on Sunday. If you want to accept Christ as your Savior tonight, we would love for you to do it, and we will dunk you in the water and baptize you on Sunday, and the whole church will have a party and celebrate with you. But I can tell you, if you do that, your little pet sin in your life, the devil is going to come start, start to pull on that and throw stuff at that particular little area to find out if he can get you or not. So what area can the devil sneak up on you in? And to consume you, what area would he pick? For the adults in the room, it could be work. For me this summer, it's going to be coaching, and you all. And I have to be careful, as much as I love you guys, and as much as I love doing this, this can't consume me. Calling or no calling, what I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do, this can't consume me. Andrew and I had this conversation when I first started. He said, you have got to take a day off or two days off a week where you don't come here because this thing will eat you alive. Ministry will eat you alive. Beth is back here nodding her head. As good as this is and as noble as this is and as much of a calling as this is, you can be consumed by something that is good and right and just and proper and it still take your focus away from God. It's kind of weird to say that church can take your focus away from God, but it can. And it can take your focus off of Christ if you let church consume you. So what area would consume you? Xbox, cell phones, sports, school, boys, girls. What area would he consume you? All right, last question. Wherever you let your guard down. Where's that one area of your life that you think, man, I got this and there is no possible way that anybody is going to be able to get to me that way? What is the one area that you say, I'm good, I got that all together, and there's no way that the devil is going to be able to tempt me by doing this to me because I don't care about that and that wouldn't work, whatever that thing is. You all have that. I don't know what it is. I don't even know for sure what mine is. I have so many I have so many issues going on that there's nothing I feel like I've just got and that the devil can't get a hold of me on. So that's the small group questions. I don't think words happen in scripture by accident. And I don't think word pictures that are painted in scripture happen by accident. And I don't think the examples that are given in scripture happen by accident. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion, seeking whom he can devour. So how's he gonna do it? Because you've all got something that the devil can go pick at and get under your skin and start to pull you away from the pack and pull you away from the herd. And what is that thing going to be? You guys are about to hit summer, and this stuff on Wednesday nights, we're still going to do stuff during the week, we're still going to do stuff on Wednesdays as a church, but some of you all are going to kind of drift off for the summer. When you drift off for the summer, and you're standing out here by yourself in the ignorance of your youth outside of your pack, and the devil comes and tries to pick you off, what is the thing he's going to try to pick you off with? So think about that. Like I said, we have a baptism ceremony on Sunday. Uh, I have not asked this question in this room in a long time. But I'm going to ask it tonight. Before we go outside, if you do not know Christ as your Savior, if you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, 
and you feel like that's something that God has been wrestling with you and working on you about for a while, we got a baptism ceremony on Sunday. We can knock all the we can knock this whole process out <laughs> in about five days. Don't wait. If that's something you think God's been working on you on, that got drove home to me when the point band was playing that revival over at Coil. I mean, we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know how long we've got. You don't know how long you're going to be around. So if that's something you feel like God's been working on you on, then I'll hang around for a minute. Any of your small group leaders can hang around when we get outside. Just come and talk to us, and we'll talk through that decision, and we'll talk through how that works. And if that's something that you want to do and you feel like God's been calling you to do, then we can do that for you. And we'll help you through that process. And we'll help you through Sunday. And we'll get you onto the book of life with Jesus as your Savior. So, think about those questions. The devil's coming for you. The lion is coming after you. How's he going to go about doing it? So, we're going to pray. Then we're going to go outside for small groups. And I will leave it up to you to keep time and decide when you want to grab them out of small groups for the game. Huh? Okay. When you hear the car horn honk, go to the side yard behind the fellowship hall. There are buckets of water set up for your gaming pleasure. Don't get in the buckets yet because there's a game associated with it. All right? So bow your heads. Close your eyes. God, I thank you so much for the time we have together tonight. I thank you so much for the words of Scripture. Thank you so much that we have a guideline and have a plan and have help whenever we struggle with the issues of life. And Lord, I thank you so much for these kids and for their hearts. I thank you so much for their attention and the love they have for each other. I thank you for the youth workers and the love they have for these kids and how they have given of themselves to, to help and to help God. And Lord, I ask that you be with our time for the rest of the evening. God, I ask if there's anybody here that you're working on that has not accepted Christ as their Savior, I ask that you speak into their hearts right now and lean on them and not let that go away and prompt them to come forward and to accept you as their Savior. And I just thank You so much for dying on the cross for us to save us from our sins, that we don't have to face our adversary, the devil, on our own. That we have someone who has faced that and paid that penalty for sin for us. And that when we are with You and when we are walking with Christ, that the devil can't attack us from the front because You're with us. And that as long as you're, we're with You, we can withstand anything. And Lord, I thank You so much for our time together tonight. I thank You for everything that You've given to us. I thank You for a church that loves us enough to give us this facility. And it's in Your Son's name we pray.